Hello and welcome everyone to episode 39 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I am joined today by two phenomenal co-hosts. Thank you guys both for coming on. We have John and Spicer coming back in. So thank you very much, guys. How are you doing, John? Doing great. I uh, I was just telling these guys before the recording that I just reset for one of the big new mons in, in the game in like five resets. Uh, so I'm super excited to get uh, battling and building. That's awesome. Very cool. And we'll definitely share that setup that you have because it was very cool the way you were able to uh, figure that out and spicer coming back on how are you doing spicer hey pretty good thank you again for having me i am currently watching my maridon attack applins until i get a shiny one because i want to get in on that sweet syrup attack with the uh yellow or gold as maybe say the uh shiny color of applin because it has a what is it? The animation is unique to the color of your Applin, which I think is so cool. So I have to farm for this shiny. Absolutely. I think that's such a nice touch that they had. Very cool. It's like one of like the first shiny moves, I guess, that we have. Um, yeah. But cool. So we are going to have this opening part a little bit shorter today because we do have quite a bit to get to. Because if you didn't know, the first DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet released on September 13th for those in Japan, September 12th for much of the rest of the world. And we are going to talk all about it. And uh, before we get there, though, we do have some news we want to get into. But then it's really going to be all DLC all the time, talking about our thoughts on the actual story itself. Um, and then looking at some of the new Pokemon that we received, as well as some changes to existing Pokemon based on abilities and moves that may have changed up because of the recent DLC of the Teal Mask. So let's jump into the news, wasting no time at all. Spicer, will you please take this first one? Absolutely. So, uh, Riley Factura. Did I say that right? Won the Pittsburgh Regionals. He defeated the one and only Wolf Glick in a thrilling three-game series. His team consists of Cresselia, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Amoongus, Iron Hands, Chen Pao, and Heatran. Some will say that the Game 3 Ice Beam mattered, and maybe it did or it didn't, but uh, that doesn't detract from the accomplishment of Riley. Uh yeah, massive congratulations to them. It was the first two games were very, very good. And there was a little bit of hacks in game three, but certainly doesn't detract from what he was able to accomplish. Very cool. Um, in any other week, we would be covering this team as well as much of the top eight, but don't have the time for that. So suffice to say, massive congratulations, Riley. You did a phenomenal job. I believe this was their fifth regional championship their uh, their fifth one if i do i remember that victory road article correctly so congratulations to them and john can you please take this next one like we said the teal mask dlc is live 
you can go to the brand new region of Kitakami on a school field trip with you and a bunch of NPCs that you've never seen before. The new Kitakami Pokedex, Pokedex consists of 200 entries. And completing it will not only give you rewards uh, like, like you would have in the normal Pokedex, so you get love balls and moon balls and some extra apricorn balls um, after a certain number of entries, but at the end, you'll get the glimmering charm. The glimmering charm will increase the, the Terra Shard yield for beating Terra Raids. So if you beat a three-star raid, you get two extra shards. If you beat a four-star raid, you get five extra shards. If you beat a five-star raid, you get 10 extra shards. Whoa. And if you somehow beat a six-star raid, it's 12 more shards. So you can get a, a Terra Types change worth of Terra Shards with just four five-star raids with the Glimmering Charm. Wow. That's huge. I'm so glad they, they did that. By the way, that that's so normal five-star raids are like four Terra Shards for that type. If it's just like a random, like, you know, Terra Bug five-star Dundozo, right? Mm -hmm. That goes up from four to 14 in just with just one key item. That's huge. That is huge quality of life improvement. And that's something that the entire community has been asking for for so long. So I'm glad they that they did do that. And also like, I really liked having those sort of like, it seemed like a battle pass almost kind of thing of filling up your Pokedex. And it made me want to do it beyond just getting the shiny charm, having those little rewards along the way. And then when we found out about the glimmering charm, I was like, yep, yeah, that's exactly what they needed to do at the end of this. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They make it uh, worth getting a DLC. What was that other charm that you get in the game? The experience charm, like kind of near the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is really cool about the glimmering charm and how much charge you get. I love coming on this podcast because I just learned so much. <laughs> and with the glimmering charm, like we said, you got to complete the Pokedex. So if you want to do that a little bit quicker, they also timed it up with the fact that this next news article and this news piece that we have, Pokemon Home has now been updated as well to coincide with the release of this DLC, allowing you to bring in Pokemon that are featured in the Kitakami region, as well as the Gen 4 starters, which I was what? intrigued by. I thought that the starters are only going to be available in the in the second DLC, so it's kind of cool yeah. to be able to pull them in. And then you find out later, Jacques, the person who actually calls you and tells you about this field trip you've been selected for that you never necessarily applied for, is also there in Kitakami, and he's like, hey... You want to have a picnic with me? I have an egg for you. And that egg will randomly hatch into one of the three Gen 4 starters. So if you're looking for a Piplup or a Chimchar or a Turtwig, maybe you'll get one from that egg and you'll see what it's going to, to be. It's not going to be a spot in your Pokedex. So it's just something that you can just bring in and uh, get. So that's pretty fun. That could be something that people trade around and, and whatnot because... Yeah, you, they were not available in Sword and Shield. They were only available in uh, BDSP. So there's a chance that you do not have those on Switch right now. Which is cool. Yeah, that's a pretty good opportunity for those who didn't get it. And uh, as we all remember from Gen 4, the last time we had all three starters looking cool, um, it's going to be a tough decision, like what you're going to get. I mean, Empoleon now has competitive 
Um, and then Torterra has Shell Smash. So you're going to have to be a pretty serious Infernape stand to pick that still. But I don't know. What are you guys going to pick? Well, I think it's I think it's technically random. So potentially, oh, I is. guess you could reset for the one you want. But okay, that's weird. I think the in, the whole interaction with him is also kind of weird because he's like because he has his gulpin with him and he's like, oh my god, there's an egg in the basket. And one of your vo- your dialogue options is like, you put that in there, didn't you? And then he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so bizarre. <laughs> Wow. I will say I totally wanted a piplup and I got a piplup out of my egg. Nice. Wow. Okay. That's kind of annoying though, because I want to get like what I want. Yeah. When I still played, issue. When I played BDSP, I went Chimchar because I'd never played Gen 4, but all I ever heard was there's no fire types. So I was like, oh, I'll get this. I think if I were to pick though, I think Piplup's just so freaking cute. It it's, is. It's just a little penguin. Just, and water steel is cool. So, um, although Torterra is awesome, also, especially yeah. from the Detective Pikachu movie, Torterra was very cool. Yeah, oh, like man, I said, so. they're all really cool for this generation. But yeah. I, I was always a Turwig stan, and Torterra was just so cool when it came out, and it was a grass and ground type, which was unique. I mean, so was Empoleon. Yeah, they did a good job. Did a good job. And along with home updating, that's not the only thing that changed recently. So back to you, Spicer, please. Yeah, the ranked ladder is already online. And uh, I guess Pokemon Showdown is online as of like 20 minutes ago. So let's hurry this up. Let's got got some stuff to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, like whatever you want to do uh, with the uh, new Pokemon, you can do it now. You can play on cart, you can play on showdown. It's ready to go. And I'm happy that that didn't take too long. Um, yeah, so uh, Ogre Pond's already out there. Uh, you could be fighting one right now. I'm sure by the time you hear this, you'll have seen a lot of Ogre Ponds and love it or hate it. Uh, it's definitely got a lot of different tricks you can do with it. So I definitely planning to see a lot of those uh regulation d rules were already modified uh so yeah you'll be playing this already yeah i've never seen them update rules mid-season but for season 10 they modified it so the last few weeks you can now use anything from the kitakami decks which is kind of cool you can like test to see some things what you might want to be bringing to regulation e which is right around the corner is neat uh- have they ever done that before? Amlo, person who answers everything? Update things mid-series? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what they did uh, during Series 5, whenever the uh, Isle of Armor um, dropped mid-month. The ah. Yes, like Cinderace, Rillaboom, Urshifu, all that kind of stuff, got their tutor moves and their hidden abilities, and we got like Urshifu and the Island of Armor Pokemon that month it's good marketing to combine them at the same time because it's like and it makes sense why they didn't do it with home because there's no reason to from like a you know, uh, marketing standpoint or advertising because it's not like getting you anything but with this it's like hey you can use ogre pond which is cracked 
So uh, get the DLC if you want to be able to use it. But yeah, it's uh, very cool to see. We're so down. We're so quick about it. Uh, the the ranks battles ladder. We're so quick about it. So I'm very curious to see what some of these teams and move sets are going to be that people are going to start gravitating towards as we move into the next set of rules. But that is the news for today because I want to get into the actual discussion of the teal mask. So, gentlemen, first and foremost, did you like it? Did you have fun? Did you, did you enjoy the teal mask DLC? Start with you, John. Yeah, so I enjoyed a lot of the aesthetic of the DLC. Um, I didn't know how like centered around the like central mountain it would be, but it is pretty cool that it's kind of like the Great Craters, the center of Paldea, the uh, Oni Mountain, um, where Ogre Pond lives and a bunch of other things live. Um, that's like the centerpiece of of this uh, whole island. Um, and they definitely updated some of the graphics, like some of the details in the environment, which made it feel even more alive than Paldea already was. Which, And I think that's a, a cool thing that I like about Gen 9 is just how alive the world feels, even compared to um, Sword and Shield. Um, and then in terms of the story, I thought it was you know pretty cool. Um, there's a few little plot twists here and there that you could probably have seen from a mile away. Um, they're still pretty cool. And there's like a variety of areas, even though it's a, it, you might feel like it's a small area um, altogether, like there's still a, a variety of areas to where you can be like, oh, like there are different places to be in, in here. And also they added back my boy Slugma and Macargo. They are <laughs> utter garbage Pokemon but I love them to death. I'm so glad to see him like, you know, full real life textures and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The lava looks really cool on my cargo shell. It's so cool. Uh, also shout out to Poochiena looking very fluffy. Good job. Poochiena. Yeah. And, and it's funny. You say that you, you liked the mountain in the middle. I actually didn't like that that's probably my biggest complaint or like issue i guess with the dlc is that it felt too familiar that it was like because i kind of wanted something just a little bit different maybe even just move the mountain to like a corner but having it in the dead center felt like here we go again i'm just climbing up this <laughs> thing trying to because like that's because especially when a lot of the the quests that you're doing early on is like go take a picture all around. I'm just like climbing up the side of this thing, and it feels like I already have this fully souped up ride on legendary that I'm not following a path. I'm just climbing straight up like I'm you know a horse in Skyrim, and uh, yeah, it. Like it, I definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Like, so like, that's like my, my only real issue, I guess, because it just, I wish it was just a laid, laid out a little bit different. I will say the opening scene of like, of you, you know, going into the area, the rice patties, very cool. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even like think about that. And they had little, you know, uh, crabs or the, the craw, not the craw, I think. 
Corefish. Corefish? Corefish. No idea. Uh, remember because it's a fish. never remember that name. But the corefish like scurrying around, like the scuttling around, I think that was very cool. But I definitely enjoyed enjoyed the DLC. I did the thing where I shiny hunted an applin ahead of time. And that was going to be like my starter. And then I just brought my level 100 uh, false swipe spore breloom as my catcher. And so then I caught the other five Pokemon to build my team. And then because of the fact that I have a turbo controller, I had like, I have infinite money, obviously. So I was able to just buy, I was like, I had used some TMs and some vitamins and some ability patches. And I like made the team almost, you know, competitive with items and stuff like that. And it, it was fun because I could be like five or six levels below what I was facing. And it didn't matter because I had sort of like tech, you know, spec them out in the way that I would want them to. So it was cool to use a Yan Mega and a Mighty Yenna and an Arbok, you know, on the same team because I haven't done that in a very long time. Yeah. Um, to expand on like what you're saying about like the mountain. Yeah. I felt like there was just a lot of like, here's your goalpost walk to the goalpost, do a battle, go to the back to the starting area, then go walk to another place, do a battle. And it was like, I don't know, a lot of walking simulator. I feel like I was overall whelmed. Like I wasn't underwhelmed or overwhelmed. It was just like, this is what I've come to expect from Pokemon right now is like uh, basically really simple like animations the most animations like between two characters are like they do like the passing an item animation and that's it like i don't know the most exciting things were like monkey dory's like uh little like beckoning movements he had like a lot of cool animations everything that involved like those the trio moving and having unique animations was neat pretty much nothing else was specially animated if you know what i mean uh I guess yeah, that's just just how it is now. Mostly, I'm just looking forward to the new moves and how the competitive format's going to change the 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 story. Was uh, it was okay? Um, I mostly just wanted to be able to skip cutscenes. Um, well, yeah, looking forward to actually playing with the new toys. I think that's fair. I think. With the characters that we met, um, at first I was like, all right, Kieran, you're like, you're fine. I like that you're like really into how cool I am. Oh, but, but then it just got to a point where he was just like, I must battle you. I must defeat you. Yeah. Ogre Pond must be mine. And I was just like, bro, yeah. chill out. This is like the villain origin story. And then at now. the very end, he's like... I will be stronger. And I'm just like, this guy's going to kill me. I will get like, my revenge. No doubt. What's spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. The, um, there's a spoiler for this whole for this whole thing. If You know, so I apologize. But yeah. Uh, so I think it like suffers from the same thing that like every Pokemon game plot has now where you're just like an unstoppable force of nature and nobody else can like existentially comprehend like how good you are. And Everyone's like, so surprised. Oh my yeah. god, you know about type effectiveness? Like, you you ride a giant dragon and you never lose. I just like he's like having a crisis like what even is reality? You're the main character. What am I in a video game? <laughs> 
I would love them to put that in one time. Yeah. You make me feel like an NPC. That's the story <laughs> of every Pokemon DLC and story from now on. I also enjoyed... I don't know. I I liked I like the selection of Pokemon that that they had, even like outside of just what, like the the new ones that that were there. Like it, it was neat to still see, you know, like Mankey and Primeape and you know Growlithe and, and that sort of thing. Because like seeing Growlithe and Vulpix at the same time, I don't know. There's something nostalgic about that, um, even though they were you know often version exclusive. So it was kind of neat to see them like running around together. I it was also interesting to see like them bring in like they, they this was a very connected DLC seeing that Carmine and Kieran were both from the Blueberry Academy so it made me excited for the next DLC to come out to see kind of like how that's going to continue because I'm actually somewhat interested in how they're going to connect them even if it's just like a very flimsy connection I think it could be a fun continuation. Like I could see them doing something like a lot with the story if they wanted to. Yeah. Okay. I got five bucks on when gen five remakes or re whatever they're going to call legends. Uh, Kiram comes out that, uh, maybe your character is going to start at the blueberry Academy. It's going to be like, you know, the Uva Narana of that generation. Maybe. That'd be fun. I can see that some like something along those lines of just like connecting it to it, like to that you know in some way. Mm-hmm. What about you, John? When you were playing through, did you like did you catch a team? Did you just steamroll through with a bunch of level one hundreds? How did you play it? So, I was initially going to make a whole new team of stuff I didn't really get to try in my first round. Um, of playing either Scarlet or Violet because I have both games. Um, so I trained some stuff up, you know, dumped some vitamins into them, and I was like, you know, I don't know about that because <laughs> you you want to, like, catch some new mons. So then I think I caught, like, a Yanma. Like, one of the first things you can see in the new region is, is Yanma. So I caught one, immediately evolved it, and then caught some other things and immediately evolved them, started using them. And I was like, this is taking too long. So I just dumped more EXP <laughs> candies in them. And then towards the end, I was like, uh, I think I need to catch stuff. So I pulled out my catching guys. Um, so it was like an amalgamation of mostly new things by the end of it. Um, and then some catching things that I discovered you didn't really need them until some like post story fights. Um, but then today I ran through it on my other save. And just had a flutter main and great tusk and iron bundle just like maul everything because <laughs> i was like mm. i just want to get to the end yeah how long did that take uh beginning to end two hours Oof. so if you want to blitz through the game you it's about two hours and most of it is because of cutscenes. Right. right i think all in all it took me like four hours of like actually playing it. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't really I only battled like two trainers that I didn't have to, I think. Yeah. One of them was maybe on accident. Um but it was it was more so I I had I had 
I was probably spend more time in Paudea flying back and forth. I do like how seamless they made it where all you have to do is press the, the left or the, uh, the L or R button to be able to just change the map of where you wanted to go. And then there was just that little logo or that a little symbol of the plane and the Dragonite. And then you were in your next location and you could just like go to wherever you needed to go. Because I was like, that's when I realized, oh, I don't actually have black glasses to put on my Mighty Enna. So I got to go get those. Um, so I think I think that was fun. I, you oh, know, I One thing that thing, was yeah. interesting that I, I forgot that they do in Pokemon stories is where they soft lock you. Where like I was in the festival and they were just randomly like, Oh, you can't access the Poke Portal right now. Oh, you can't ride Maridon right now. And I'm just like, all right, that's fine. Or it's like you have to go to sleep to be able to progress the story. And it's like, okay, I've right. I'll just I'll go do that. But um, yeah, the first time I had to go to sleep to progress, I was like, where do I go? I <laughs> yeah. Um. So all right, all in all, um. I think it was a pretty good first DLC. I I was interested. I definitely think there were some NPCs that made me laugh. Like there was a person fanning themselves and they were like, man, fanning really has its ups and downs. And I was like, okay, that's really stupid, but really funny. Um, I think Ogre Pond was very cool. I, I liked the way that that all played out. Um, I liked the, the way they had the loyal three. It was, you know, like you said, it was certainly probably foreshadowed in the sense that, oh, yeah, the loyal Pokemon are all poison type. OK, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Um, and they uh, don't look like heroes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also made me laugh when you mentioned Monkey Dory before. Its vocalization was OK. And it reminded me of Mr. Mackey from South Park. And I just couldn't take it seriously at that point. <laughs> it's just like beckoning you. OK. Okay. And he was also the leader of the group. So, okay. So that's actually, that's a good question. You think it was Monkey Dory was the leader. Yeah. He's the brains of the operation. I think it was Pheasantipity because Pheasantipity was the one that like, he was out in the open, but then you had to go through this fucking labyrinth of a like dungeon cave to be able to find it at the end. And that made, and I was like, I, I, that made me think that it was more the leader because it was like harder to get to. No, it's just mischievous because that's its nature. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and it wasn't. You just had to drop to the ground floor. It was. I, a yeah, you just cave. had to drop. I didn't I do that. I rode my bike the entire way, and I was like, "This is taking forever." Yeah, because <laughs> you didn't just drop. I didn't. <laughs> I just skipped like, everything. Oh, and I was a... like, I should go back and do that. Because there was like a swine up that I caught and then they turned it into a pile of swine. And then there was like a quagsire or like a whooper. And I was like, oh, I got to turn this into a quagsire. So, yeah, I, I got sidetracked. That's on me. <laughs> uh, okay. I thought like Okie Dog, Okie, Okie Dogie. Is that yeah. Him? I thought he was the leader. Like He was like taller. And then he was standing in the middle when they were often in a triangle formation. Yeah, no, like it was like it was the kind of thing where he was like standing off to this. He he was like the the he's br- the, muscle. the the brawn. He is the muscle. Yeah. He's the bouncer, and Monkey Dory's the brains. He's the head of the operation, and that's why he's in the back because he doesn't have to be out front because that's Spooky Dogie's problem. You did battle Monkey Dory like one more time than everybody else. So exactly, that's and Pheasant Dippy's the wild card. 
yeah, wild card. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Charlie D. So yeah, that's the DLC. Um, hope everybody enjoyed it. On to the real stuff that we all care about. Let's talk about those new Pokemon, the Ogre Pond, the Loyal Three, and also some of the other ones, such as the is it just called Blood Moon or is it Ursaluna Blood Moon? Ursaluna Blood Moon. So it's like Ursaluna is the, is the species, and then Blood Moon is the form. That's cool. That's so sick. And then Sinistra, Sinastra, Frank Sinastra, Sinistra, Sinistra. like okay. Macha, Frank. but sinister, Sinistra. Okay. Sinistra. Uh, and then of course Driplin, uh, Diplin, but Driplin. So all right, so we'll uh, we'll talk about these Pokemon as as we go. Um, we have some because some of them are not like confusing necessarily, but we would just want to make sure that everybody fully understands what Ogre Pond is, what it can do, and how it all interacts with the masks that you get. Um, and speaking of Sinistra, I love it. It's my favorite. Yeah. I okay. Was originally going to do a playthrough with other Pokemon, and then I got Poltergeist, and I was like, it's the love of my life, and I just soloed it with that. Nice. I almost got I almost got worked by uh, Carmine's Sinistra in the second fight because I was under leveled at that point, and this thing was just I was like, oh, I don't have anything for Ghost Grass, and it was just if if it wasn't for Terra Dark Sucker Punch from Mightyena, I would have I would have wiped to her, which would have been so sad. Yeah, uh, Grass type fans. I mean, they're just eaten. There's Ogre Pond. We got Applin. Diplin, I mean, and uh, Poltergeist. Now Rillaboom has Grassy Glide. Mm-hmm. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to make a monotype grass team on the ladder. <laughs> All right. Amoongus be damned. Yep. Um, okay. So let's... Anywho, sorry for that tangent. <laughs> you're fine. That's good. That's good. Because you're right. I mean... Sinistra is very cool. They had like the, you know, they talked about Poltergeist, but Sinistra is really the uh, the evolution of that. Yeah, um, Matcha Gacha animation is the best thing I've ever seen. I haven't, I don't think I've seen it yet, actually. Oh my God. Every time he uses a special attack, he like spins around in his cup really fast and like steam comes off the top. That's cute. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. So this first one that we got is Ogre Pond. So we're starting with Ogre Pond because... She is lovely, and she's probably going to be the most used from this DLC. So 80 HP, 120 attack, 84 defense, 60 special attack, which is nice. You love to see those low numbers on at least one stat, so you don't have to even worry about it. 96 special defense, so it's overall pretty bulky with 110 speed. So the way that Ogre Pond works is... You have the teal mask, the hearth flame mask, which is the fire, the wellspring mask, which is water, and the cornerstone match with mask, which is rock. Now, the hearth flame, wellspring, and cornerstone all become held items for Ogre Pond. The teal mask is not a held item. It just exists as a grass type, whereas adding the other masks provide the fire, water, and rock types on top of the grass. So it becomes fire grass, water grass, rock grass. When you add these additional masks or items, then the ability changes. In its base form or teal mask form, it is defiant. When it's fire grass, it's mold breaker. When it's water grass, it's water absorb. 
And when it's rock grass, it's sturdy. Then beyond that, it gets an additional ability called, what's it? Embody something? Embody aspect. Embody aspect. So once it terras, then it gets an additional ability. Based on the type that it is, a specific stat will boost by one stage. So for the teal mask or the base form, it gets speed boost. For fire, it gets attack boost. For water, it gets special defense. And for rock, it gets defense. So this boost is not like Intrepid Sword where it only happens once. This will happen the first time you Terra and then every time you switch in after that. So it continues, it'll continue to proc, which is really good. So for the Teal Mask, getting Defiant plus a speed boost and not eating up a an item slot, that's pretty cool. Um, some notable moves... Ivy Cudgel is the most important, I guess you could say, because it is similar to Raging Bull on Tauros and its forms, where the type will change based on the Terra that it is. So if it's the in its base form, it's going to be Grass, where it's 100 power, 100 accuracy with a higher crit chance. But if it's the Cornerstone Mask, then it's actually Rock type with still 100 power and 100 um, accuracy. So that's cool. You can like change up that stab, 100 base power attack that you're looking for. It also gets Spiky Shield, Follow Me, Encore, Horn Leech, Swords Dance, Knock Off, Quick Attack, uh, Throat Chop, Stomping Tantrum, Rock Tomb, um, Play Rough, Leech Seed. Like You can do a lot mm-hmm. with this Pokemon. So I'll pause there and just start with you, Spicer. What are your thoughts on this Pokemon? On Ogre Pond? Yes. Um, I think it's going to centralize the meta, be uh, somewhat. There's already very powerful things in the meta. And this is going to be one of the few things that we're definitely going to see come in and uh, be able to compete with the uh, likes of Urshifu, Tornadus, Fluttermane, and all that. Uh, it's nice that it's a grass type. It's definitely going to show up uh, in the face of the Urshifu meta. Um, I think that the base form is probably the best. Um, and getting a speed boost at 110 is amazing. And you're going to be real fast. Uh, and then like Ivy Cudgel, it's just always got stab. And then on top of that, it's critical hit with 100 accuracy or high crit chance. Like, it's got everything it needs. It's a it's like a DLC mon or something. Um, <laughs> so I think the 110 with the speed boost might be a little relevant. I think everything that uses booster energy is uh, gonna be have it's gonna have a use in this meta now. Uh, the paradox Pokemon that do have a speed stat higher than 110 are gonna be Screamtail. Fluttermane, Roaring Moon, Iron Bundle, and um, Iron Valiant, but it's, I don't think we're going to see Iron Valiant. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, Roaring Moon, who notably gets Knock Off and Lash Out now. Um, yeah, strong Pokemon. What do you think, Amlo? Um, I think the... In- important thing to remember about it is that 
uh, it is follow me in addition to, to all of its other attacking oh. thingamabobbers. Oh, yeah. Um, and that just opens up an entirely new dimension to the Pokemon, right? Because it's competing with Amoongus and Rillaboom. Rillaboom is a fake out dude and a beat stick. Amoongus is a redirector and like a spore annoying thing. Ogre Pond, they made a hybrid of both. Because it is follow me to redirect all those rain powders. And if you get the water one in battle, that's water absorb that you can follow me all your surging strikes into. Oh my gosh. And it's a grass type, so it's immune to uh, spore and rage powder. Well, rage powder doesn't affect it anyways, but it's immune to the spores from Amoongus. So it can redirect both Urshifu and Amoongus, which are like some of the most annoying Pokemon that we have in the metagame right now as an offensive attack, as an offensive mon. So it's a, it, it has followed me for a bunch of really important Pokemon in the metagame right now. And it has a variety of, it has enough coverage tools and stuff like Rock Tomb or Low Kick um, and Play Rough in case you actually need those coverage tools besides your Grass Stab and your, uh, and your IV Cudgel. You also have Spiky Shield, like you said, Mm-hmm. Um, which is, and when you have follow me and spiky shield, that's already half of Smeargle's normal new move set. So you have right. a Smeargle level utility on an offensive Pokemon, right? And then the fire one, it has mold breaker to get through flash fire. So like Terragrass Heatran now Ooh. actually has to care about a fire type IV cudgel going right down its throat. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Or the rock form, because it increases its, def- its defense when it Terra's. If you have Tyrantar next to it, now you have a plus one defense, uh, Sandstorm special defense boosted guy. So it's actually really thick. And it's a perfectly accurate rock uh, stab with an increased crit chance. And you can also do focus energy to like guarantee your IV cudgel crits. Right. So it has like, it has so many different options, which (sighs) is what I'm really excited to see because so many tools, everything it wants to do. Yeah. Which, it, which is a really good game design. And it's only 120 attacks, so it's not actually that broken. And it, But it has great distribution with 60 special attack. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that was definitely min-maxed well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, to keep it under 600 for a, a DLC, you know, legendary like this, but to, like, have it not be classified as a legendary is, like, is wild. Like, you'll be able to use this in VGC, which is great. The I also like the water one a lot. Getting the special defense boost is really cool because then you have the follow me, like we had already mentioned. And you had said this, John, in one of the uh, one of the Discord channels that water on Ogre Pond really just sits in front of Urshifu and Amoongus and does extremely well because you can follow me away those surging strikes and oh i'm getting hp back oh that's so delicious and you're also immune to spore and because of the fact you get the special defense boost that is pos- probably also going to help you against those pesky flutter mains so it's like it is pretty cool that they gave you all legitimate reasons to use each of these individual pokemon like these these masks and these types and it's like you're still getting the the benefit because you are going to get the boost once you do terastalize. Now, with the fire water rock though, it does sort of be, make, like make it forced become a uh, like a terra hog 
because you want that ability as opposed to the base grass form, you don't necessarily need to terastalize it because you can still get that, that item. And it's like, oh, if you do need that speed boost, then you can go grass and you're also getting that additional stab boost, which is great. So it's just, I think that it, it will centralize the meta to some regard, but it's not going to make it like, so copy paste from one team to the next sure there's going to be like a few sets that come out they're going to be good but i could see this really going a bunch of different ways whether it's offensive support offensive support or even just like super annoying if you want to run like rock tomb leech seed spiky shield shenanigans i don't know i think it's it's very cool i'm very happy with what they did with this pokemon I don't know. I wouldn't even be surprised if it ends up being like the number one usage mon for a minute. Oh, I think it will be just for, from for the fact that it's like it's new because people love yeah. new stuff. Yeah, it's gonna top even Urshifu at least for now. It's definitely gonna bring down the Urshifu numbers, or if nothing else, make single strike more viable, even more so than it already was. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of something that's single strike really like seeing <laughs> <laughs> that's true let's move on to the next one monkey dory poison psychic type it is the baboon looking thing it has a a pink upside down heart on its butt and i think that's very cute uh its main ability is toxic chain which has a 30 percent chance to badly poison or toxic poison a Pokemon based on dealing damage. So it's not just necessarily like a physical attack or attack attack that makes contact. It can be any attack, which is great for this. Um, it's a hidden ability is Frisk, which because of OTS doesn't necessarily matter too much, but maybe be good on ladder. But this is a special attacker, 88 HP, 75 um, attack, 66 defense, 130 special attack, 90 special defense, and 106 on speed um some notable moves on it call mind fake out which is cool a focus blast grass knot helping hand nasty plot so you run calm mind or nasty plot it also gets your choice of psychic or psi shock sludge bomb and sludge wave toxic veno shock and u-turn so when i initially saw this i thought it was gonna be more of a prankster pokemon but they definitely took it and made it the I guess like the the more glass cannon option for for the for the trio and looking at that speed stat I'm very curious where that sits. So 106 is going to be tied with Enamorous, Iron Threads and the ever present Pyroar. It's going to sit above things what? notable I'm just kidding. <laughs> notable things such as Espathra uh Xiao, uh garchomp at 102 so it's gonna be still below things like you know nine tails raichu and then everything else that's super fast that we know of like thunder like the genies and screamtail mousehold and obviously bundle and flutter man that sort of thing but um poison psychic is cool having a fast galarian slow king is neat um <laughs> We'll start sure. with you, John. What are your thoughts on this little monkey? I think I love the monkey. Um, I love the monkey out of all the 
all three of them. And he's a very close tie with Ogre Pond for one of my faves in the new in the new DLC. Um I think he's also the best of them. Um because he's like an, a really offensive mon with a, with the highest attacking stat out of all three of them and it has fake out so it can do like an offensive support role like how rillaboom does with its fake out plus uh wood hammer now grassy glide sets it has parting shots so if you want to do a bit of a pivoting role it has that option to it um and it has enough speed and attack to actually or special attack to like actually nuke stuff um and combined with toxic chains you can like fake out and maybe get a toxic poison on that one, but you can also click sludge wave and you have the chance of the toxic chains to hit, you know, one of the two targets on the other side. Cause hopefully you have a steel type on yours. Um, you can get it for, you can poison them with the ability or you can poison them with sludge wave itself. And you can hit stuff uh, like iron hands with psychic uh and attempt to poison them at the same time too so it's like it's a really good sash breaking mechanic it's a really good um damage calc breaking thing um so i'm excited to see how you know it, it can use its offensive sets because it has focus blast and it has a shadow ball for like perfect neutral coverage um it also has taunt it has fling it has trick it has like a bunch of utility moves um so that you can again make a whole a variety of sets with it. Um, so I'm interested to see if it actually makes a wave in the metagame or if it's just another kind of cool but ultimately meh legendary. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Spicer? Uh, I think it's gonna be good. Um, like obviously, I guess, but uh, all of them have a safe spot in the meta, being that they're part poison in the new um ogre pond meta um and of all of the meta pokemon that use fake out right now monkey dory would be the fastest one which i think is notable so you can outspeed those rillos in those hands and i'm excited because i always like a a good sludge waver like you could do nasty plot sludge waving like you know amlo briefly touched on it but i always like those like gimmicky like steel and poison teams or like telepathy mon sort of thing and and monkey dory has a chance to meme like that uh i definitely agree that i think it's my most uh it's my favorite of all of the uh loyal three he's just like mojo jojo and everybody <laughs> loves mojo jojo He's like Girl. the classic villain. The other ones are all right too. But yeah. uh Frisk is pretty disappointing for the hidden ability. Uh pretty much it means nothing in VGC. Um but at least Toxic Chain will have a chance to break some sashes when you're doing big damage with like sludge waves and things like that. You could have a steel type teammate use helping hand while you sludge wave and hopefully your toxic chain can break sashes so you don't have to worry about not attacking twice you, you can helping hand i think that's going to be fun yeah it's probably all that uh amlo amlo covered everything else pretty good i think some other stuff too like it gets parting shot 
which I think is is always going to be oh very we can talk about that yeah so it's like you can you can really utilize this thing without like it has enough speed to not necessarily need to be a prankster Pokemon mm-hmm. but still have very good status moves if you wanted it to run if you wanted to run it that way I mean um, trick taunt parting shot like I said helping hand yeah. um even like stuff like flatter or imprison psych terrain. I don't know. There's like, there's enough there that you can have it be that sort of like disruptive Pokemon that people hate to play against because it's like when you are not allowed to do what you want to do with your team, you then like are forced to play a different game. And I can see monkey Dory really shining in that type of role that just makes you know? people upset. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a good disruptive pivot. He's got fake out and parting shot. We all know how how that works. All he needs is intimidate. Yeah, yeah, and then like a fire typing or something. That'd be kind of. Um, cool. Also, want to say that I got my shiny Applin just now. Probably took me thirty minutes, nice. and it was like the second sandwich. Very Yay. cool. Very cool. Um. Okay. So let's move on to the next one that we have here. So after Monkey Dory, we have Okie Dogie, Poison Fighting. So it's a bulky Toxic Croak. Uh, hidden ability is Guard Dog, which I will be honest, I had to kind of look up what Guard Dog did because I forgot. Because I think that's also on what Mabostiff. Yeah. So you're immune to intimidate. If you are intimidated, you get plus one attack. So it's like defiant, but you cannot be forced to switch out. So you're immune to roar and stuff like that. So I don't know. That seems kind of cool. Um, wait, how can you be immune to intimidate, but also get a plus one attack? Does that just mean you get the plus one attack? So it's like uh, correct. You don't. It means yeah. you don't go down. Oh, so how like defiant you could still use lash out, but guard dog you wouldn't, right? Right, I think so. Right. Okay, okay. Um, and so it's a uh, stat distribution: eighty-eight HP, one hundred twenty-eight attack, one fifteen for defense, fifty-eight special attack. Again, love seeing that. Eighty-six special mm-hmm. defense and eighty speed. Some notable moves, it gets Stab Body Press, which is cool. Uh, Brutal Swing, it gets uh, big damage in close combat. It's Bulk Up and Drain Punch. It also gets all of the Elemental Punches. It gets High Horsepower. Howl, that's always fun to use. Gets Knock Off and Lash Out. Poison Fangs, uh, Stomping Tantrum, Rock Tombs, Snarl. So it gets a lot of options. This to me seems like a very good assault vest looking Pokemon. That's just going to be like your sort of tank one that you're going to be able to do some damage with, or maybe mm-hmm. even like a leftovers or citrus berry set with like bulk up and drain punch or something to that effect. If you wanted to run something like a guard dog, so you can't get that intimidate drop. 80 base speed is interesting. I mean, you could maybe run it like, you know, super, super min if you wanted to and be able to hit um, 90, which is cool, I guess. Um, or no, I'm sorry, you're hitting like 76. So that, that's kind of cool. But I can see it just kind of being like a tank Pokemon, but not having any, not having fake out is very unfortunate, I think, for something like this. 
Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on. It looks like a good AV mon. Still got 86 special defense, 88 HP. Uh, but then bulk up and drain punch are nice, which is like alternative annihilate. Maybe not better. It can taunt at a decent speed. Yeah, I could see something like that. Could be could be nice. Um, looking at at its status moves, I mean, it gets its own roar, which is kind of neat. But other than that, I think howl and bulk up are kind of like the, the big the big ones there. Um, what do you think, John? Is Okie Dogie Okie Mid? I mean, it gets knockoff for uh, its its psychic uh, opponents, right? But like, only pure psychics are really looking at her in Didi and Cresselia because we have like Hatterene, we have, well, I guess we have Monkey Dory. Um, so we have some psychics that it can hit, but it's just kind of like, it's not going it, to, it, it seems like with its stabs, if you choose two of its stabs, the two coverage options are just not going to be able to cover enough of its counters to make it really do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just fast enough to where you can outspeed a Landorus that's switching in on you and you can ice punch it because you got increased attack from the Intimidate, but like now you have to tear a grass because the Amoongus is about to support you. It, it seems like a mon that can be very uh, easy to um, outmaneuver. In the over the course of the game, so you could definitely use it. Um, I'm just very trepidatious about its very common weaknesses and mm-hmm. its very uh, limited coverage move for using its stabs. There, yeah, I, I think so. And it's also like 128 attack is it's fun, right? It's it, it's that that's high. That used to be very high. It's just not anymore. Like when you have something like Iron Hands, like we all know how strong Iron Hands is, right? But Drain Punch isn't super strong on that Pokemon. So it's like, you're going to tell me that you're now going to rely on like some sort of like level of reliable coverage on on a Pokemon that has 12, you know, 12 stats lower than where Iron Hands is. And you're going to be doing much more. I just I don't see it like it, it that feels like a Pokemon where I'm just like, I'd rather just use Iron Hands, you know, because you're having you have similar weaknesses. And it's also too, it's like it sucks because this is still very much a Flutter main meta and Poison Fighting being neutral to Moonblast just isn't giving you that that benefit yeah. that you would want. Otherwise, if it was like Poison even if it was poison grass, if it's an offensive Amoongus, maybe it's a little bit different, but like poison fighting, I just don't think don't think does well in, in this format. Yeah, I think uh you could say it's mid, you could say it's okay. Yes, you could. And on to this the last of the loyal three that is maybe the worst. We have Pheasantipity. Poison Fairy. Obviously, still has Toxic Chain. This one has Technician, which is interesting. Then we get to the stats, and you're like, what were they doing? 88 HP, 91 attack, 82 defense, 70 special attack, 125 special defense, and 99 speed. So it's important there to speed tie Janisect. 
uh, notable moves in uh, Aerial Ace for the Technician. It is gender locked to be male. So attract into uh, Ogre Pond is interesting, although it's slower. So who knows? Uh, Charm, it does get like, you know, some special coverage like Dazzling Gleam, Moon Blast, Heat Wave, Icy Wind. It also gets the uh, the boosting attack, uh, the boosting moves in Nasty Plot and Swords Dance. It also gets dual wing beat, which is cool. Play rough, wing attack, U-turn, quick attack. I just feel like this Pokemon is all over the place, but like it's just mm-hmm. getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. Ha- being like a sort of mixed attacker, but nothing is over 100 and then you don't have, you're not even like super fast, like something like Scream Tail to be able to get off your your uh, your debuffs or your your you know your offensive buffs before the other Pokemon. One twenty five special defense is really cool. Poison Fairy isn't a very; it's a unique typing, obviously. I mean, Icy Wind spam with Toxic Chain is cool because you can drop speed and also poison. But it's not going to be going first. I don't know. It just seems like they just tried to do too much with this Pokemon. And I feel so bad because yeah. like, this is the one that I wanted to use the most. Or they didn't try enough and they just threw random numbers at it. I don't know. Like with being a bulky and having spread moves and toxic chain, it would have been nice if that good attack stat was the special one. Yeah, I thought that this was going to be the special because they, they showed it using Moonblast. So I was like, oh, it's going to definitely be like your, you know, your. I thought this was going to be the Monkey Dory in a way. But it's just this all around weird yeah. Pokemon. Well, it's your utility guy, right? It's kind of like Mandibuzz yeah. has a bunch of weird moves to it. Um, so this guy has Tailwind that you can set at a, at a, at a reasonably fast clip. Um, it has, like you said, icy wind that will give you about a 50% chance to toxic poison one of the targets, which allows you to have like a slower hexmon in the back to where you can now drop hexes on one or both of the poison targets. And they're probably slower than your hexmon is now. Right. And so you can have like a flutter main that's actually super bulky in the back and has a bunch of special attack. And relies on those icy wind drops. And also, you can roost up any health that you lose. You can charm stuff down. Uh, like, you have utility. And I think it's supposed to be a utility knife kind of Pokemon. Yeah. And probably the one that maybe makes use of Toxic Chain the most in terms yeah. of using moves that are not inherently uh, toxic producing. Because it has dazzling gleam, it has heat wave, it has icy wind, it has a bunch of you know all okay spread attacks. Yeah, all special attacks. So I think they balanced it for that reason. Yeah, and it's just like I I just wish that the that the attack and special attack stats were reversed. Like give yeah. this thing like just make it make it ninety one or whatever it is nine yeah ninety one special attack. And I'm thinking about this totally different, but it's like. I'm looking at 70 and I'm just like, I don't want to use this thing because it doesn't like even 125 special defense is nice. And like, that's cool. It just feels like it doesn't do any one thing well, which I guess is that that's its point that it's like, to your point, it's like, John, it's like a, 
a utility knife. It's 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 jack of all trades. It's just a master of none. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, I think uh, worst scream tail is pretty fair description. Yeah, although I mean, one thing that is nice though, technician. Technician is a very good ability. So you use it with things like. Like know, the maybe, icy wind. Yeah, icy wind, I guess, come, becomes a little bit stronger. If you wanted to do like Terra flying, you could get, you know, technician on dual wing beat. That's cool. Two chances to badly poison. Yeah. So, it's not stab. Yeah, maybe there's something there, I guess. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I'd love to be wrong. And that thing actually be good because it is gorgeous. Uh Next, we have Blood Moon. So Blood Moon is, to me, the most surprising Pokemon that we got. Because when this image leaked, I was like, that is so epic looking. It has like, it's just like this like giant zombie bear. And then the stats come out and you're just like, wait, what? It's normal ground, just like regular Ursaluna, except... It's a special attacker. It's 113 HP, 70 attack, 120 defense, 135 special attack, 65 special defense, and 52 speed. So it it, it already vaults to the top of the list for the strongest for special attack for both normal and ground. So it becomes the, the the strongest special attack for, for stab there. Then when it comes to speed, the 52 speed stat is able to sit right with, or like it's, it's going to be a little bit faster than things like Azumarill, which is at the 50. 50 is very crowded with like Azumarill, Donphan, um, Iron Hands, King Gambit. But then it's going to be in Trick Room slower than the 55 speed tier, which is also pretty crowded with things like, you know, Brute Bonnet. Um, and then going a little bit further, uh, Torterra, Trevenant. Um, so maybe it could be a little bit slower, which would be nice because the original Ursaluna is sitting at 50 speed. But its ability in mind's eye ignores the opponent's evasiveness changes it's this pokemon's accuracy cannot be lowered and it's able to hit ghost types with normal and fighting they just keep adding on other abilities to create this thing so it's able to do stab um hyper voice or other you know even like on terra terra blast or hyper beam into ghost types which is cool its signature attack blood moon is a normal type gigaton hammer with 100 accuracy and it's what 165 base power or something uh 140 140 all right um so 140 100 accuracy you can't use it the next turn but it's not a recharge so you can use you can still use other stuff it gets things like body press calm mind earth power focus blast helping hand moonlight moon blast vacuum wave which is weird because i always thought that was for like <laughs> fast pokemon um hyper voice snarl so you can like you could just sort of go between blood moon and moonlight and just do big damage and then heal and then big damage and heal or hyper voice if you want to hit both 
this thing just really caught me off guard. I thought for sure it was going to be a physical attacker. And I was like, oh, mine's like dumb. I'm just going to use guts. But I kind of, I don't know. I'm not sure what to think of Blood Moon. What do you think, John? I love it because um, you have Hyper Voice as an accurate spread special attack. The only really comparable thing that we have is Dazzling Gleam right now. Um, because the storm moves are inaccurate, heat waves inaccurate, icy winds inaccurate, snail snarls inaccurate, like a bunch of the special spread moves are either eruption and water spout or they're inaccurate. Um, but hyper voice because of mind's eye, which by the way is more like foresight, which is a very old move because it dodges all evasion stuff and it lets normal and fighting moves hit into ghosts. Um which is important into Alolan Muck with its minimized strats, and it's important if you get muddy water drops. Um, but um, Hyper Voice with like a Life Orb means that Fluttermane has a really good shot of getting two hit KO. So it can normally under Trick Room, Fluttermane would want to like switch in on a facade from an Ursaluna. But now, if it's under Trick Room, Fluttermane does not have a safe switch anymore. The Terra Ghost stuff on your opponent's side does not have a safe switch anymore. It they will be chunked and they will be chunked for quite a lot, which is what um makes me think Ursaluna. Well, one of the things that make makes me think Blood Moon has a legitimate niche in the meta, besides being the strongest, well, naturally strongest um special ground that we've ever had. Better than Sandy Shocks. Technically, Lando I does more damage, but right. because of sheer force, but like it's nuts that we finally get a good one. Um, like and a this. slow one. Yeah. And like the vacuum wave can almost can Oko Chien Pao Yo. a reasonable amount of the time. Yo, that's it's like one of Ursa Luna's main checks normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can run a variety of sets with it, which is what makes me really excited to use it and see it on the ladder. Especially because is also not physical, so like Landorus, who's normally an Ursuluna check, is no longer an Ursuluna check. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm glad they went this way with it because it's like we've seen stat stat changes with other variants or other forms that you know that we've seen in the past, like uh you know the Nine Tails changes, but this is this one's drastic. Like this is really different, right. and it makes me. It makes me really excited because it's another thing that they can do. Like they continue to add these new forms as a way to be like, okay, we have this one Pokemon. What if we do something different to it? And the idea that you could potentially take, I don't know, like a Dragonite and say, make like a Blood Moon Dragonite. And it becomes like, instead of 134 base attack, it's 134 base special attack or 134 base speed or like something along those lines. And it's like, that would be, that seems really neat to me to be like, just continue to innovate on Pokemon that you have and just make a different form for it. Because as they've shown with gen nine, you can have divergent evolution or convergent or what have you. And it's, I don't know. I'm it makes me very excited for what, what they could do. And this Pokemon is neat. I mean, it's gets its own move. And also the, the idea of the blood moon is just like, it's such a good aesthetic. Right. Tears of the Kingdom is so hot right now. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they pounced on that for sure. Um, um 
Go ahead. It's notable that it has a 65 for special defense. So it's got that Achilles heel, but obviously we're going to put a soul vest on it. Um, and then as uh, our friend Swamp mentioned that it also gets Calm Mind. It's pretty ideal for a Calm Minder, mm-hmm. boosting your lowest defensive stat. Uh, but I got a feeling we're going to see the AV and it's going to have Blood Moon. Like you, you, you got five good moves for it. So you're just picking which one you're not going to have. Probably like Blood Moon or Moon Blast. But I think that Fairy Terra is looking really good for it with Moonblast resisting fighting attacks and then having amazing coverage because you're dealing fairy and ground. And uh, the vacuum wave, as we mentioned, is pretty important. And and I, uh, I re- that's a cool callback to Foresight. I didn't even realize that until Amla said it. But yeah, this is literally Foresight as an ability for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes it actually worth having. And it is also the first like special scrappy. So yeah. no longer are all the normal types that hit ghosts physical. That's true. That's a good point. Um okay. So Blood Moon, I am very excited to see what people cook up with this for sure. Um speaking of those ghost types. We mentioned it before, but Sinister <laughs> Grass Ghost. Uh, its hidden ability is heat proof, but it's really uh, ex- excellent ability is hospitality. It will regenerate 25% of the allies' HP on switching. Um, its base stats are 71 HP, 60 uh, attack, 106 defense, 121 special attack, 80 special defense, and 70 speed. It gets some pretty cool moves in Matcha Gacha, which is its signature move. It is 80 base power, 90 accuracy, and a 20% burn chance to both Pokemon, and also a 50% chance to heal. I watched a replay of this thing in Grassy Terrain with Leftovers. Oh my god, it would get so much HP back every single turn. It was insane. It also gets Life Dew. Rage Powder, which is cool. Obviously, Shadow Ball and Leaf Storm for Stab. It gets Hex, which is neat because you can pair that with Matcha Gacha for those for that boosted from Burn. It also gets Memento, Substitute, Calm Mind, and also gets Skull because if you're not going to get the Burn from Matcha Gacha, you might as well get it from Scald. So with this Pokemon, it does not get things like Shell Smash, like uh, Poltegeist did get, so it is a little bit different in that regard, or things like Strength Sap, I don't think it gets either, but this is kind of cool. This is a, uh, a very neat Pokemon. Is Macha Gacha grass type or ghost yep. type? Grass it is a grass type. type. So you can you can theoretically, you could run Macha Gacha, Shadow Ball, and Scald and have like really good coverage if you wanted to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or you nice. can run Trick Room, Rage Powder, Macha Gacha, Scald, have two burn options, a utility option, and trick room. Yeah. Yeah, 70, yeah. 70 speed is good for trick room because you're like faster than stuff that's going to be hard trick room, but you're slower than stuff that's going to be hyper offense. Yeah, it's kind of middling, but it can be good or bad. Yeah. It's slower than uh, Chandelure, and that works in trick room. So that's neat. Yeah. 
Um, what are, so any other additional thoughts, uh, Spicer, I'll have you kick it off since it is your, your beloved. Um, 90 accuracy for matcha gotcha is really sad. Um, 90 is just like that annoying number. If it was 95, I'd be like, oh, okay, I missed sometimes. But uh, also the burn is only 20%. So you're not burning super consistently. It's unfortunate that it has this like built-in nerfs. Well, I mean, it is a great attack. Like you're healing for 80 damage and possibly burning. Like I get why it has 90 accuracy, but it's really hard for it to shine with so many good grass types right now. Um Unless, you know, we really do knock Amoongus off the top, that's one less to deal with. Like, like it gets Rage Powder, right? That's awesome. Gets Redirection. But it is also worse Follow Me and Ogre Pond gets Follow Me. So, uh, but yeah, like Amlo said, it looks good in Trick Room. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be good for uh, setting up and having that hospitality. Yeah. It uh, also looks adorable. I'm interested to see how hospitality is going to be working as a like for for support purposes, because yeah. 25% isn't it, like it, it's great, um, but I'm just curious if that's how much that's really going to matter on a turn to turn basis, especially since it doesn't have any reliable switch out to be able to like, you know, outside of just switching in general. Yeah, so. it doesn't have like parting shot or anything. Um, maybe like leaf storm with a jack pack. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, oh, that's I, cool. I mean, I think the big thing that it offers is that it offers a trick room setter that cannot be faked out or rage or or, or spored. Yeah, right. So you can't. Ooh, I mean, you stick delicious. a and you stick a, stick a mental herb on there. You are not. You have to kill the thing in order for it to not set trick room up, right? Right. But it also has real special attacks. So it's an offensive trick room setter that is a really reliable offensive trick room setter. Yeah. Right. And so it, it doesn't have to switch stat? out to do stuff. Did we mention the stat distribution on this thing? Yeah. 106 defense and 80 special defense is pretty good with 71 mm -hmm. HP. And yeah. 121 special attack is, is the offensive part. Right. Right. I'm, it's not, I'm glad it's it, not the same as Poltergeist. I mean, but. It's almost as good as Ar Arboliva, and Arboliva is like matched for the top, you know, the highest special attack among grass types. So right. this really is a niche for it. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. trick room thing. I didn't even think about that. I love it even more. <laughs> I can see it doing well. I, I, it could be, I think it'd be fun, if nothing else, for people to, to mess around with. And for those people that really love hard trick room, it's definitely a great option for them, an alternative if they want to run something that is able to set trick room with, uh, you know, outside of something like Mimikyu or Chandelure or something or Dusclops in for that ghost setter. Then Leaf Storm pivot out. Like, oh, I love that. I'm not um, even going to use Matcha Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of playing with you. Okay. Okay, going from one grass type to another, last but certainly not least of the new Pokemon that we received, Driplin, Grass Dragon. It's Diplin, but it's it's dripped out with that gold, shiny caramel coating. 80 HP, 80 attack, 110 defense, 95 special attack, 
80 special defense, and 40 for speed. It's ability super sweet syrup and gluttony, and then its hidden ability is sticky hold. Super sweet syrup is the brand new ability that they showed in one of the trailers where upon switching, the evasiveness of the opposing Pokemon is reduced, which is pretty significant as we mentioned once your evasiveness drops by one attacks with 80 accuracy and above become a hundred percent so you're able to hit those hydro pumps and will-o-wisps and i don't know matcha gotcha is able to hit a hundred percent of the time um now one thing that is very interesting about diplin that is kind of a leak but it's in the game so we're going to talk about it. Eviolite works. Now, what's interesting is Applin needs an apple, a candy apple, to be able to evolve into Diplin. So it is evolving, but Eviolite works, which means that there's going to be an evolution for Diplin sometime in the future that we just haven't seen yet. So those defenses of 110 and 80 for defense and special defense get boosted if you want to rock with an Eviolite. Diplin. Some notable moves that it gets recover, infestation, leaf storm, Draco Meteor, Pollen Puff, Syrup Bomb. And uh, that means because of the ability of Super Sweet Syrup, Leaf Storm, and Draco Meteor still do drop special attack by two stages, but they are 100% accurate, which is cool. And Syrup Bomb is also 100% accurate because of that Super Sweet Syrup. 60 base power, 85 accuracy. It lowers the speed of the opposing Pokemon by one each turn for the next three turns and then resets if the Diplin switches out and also once the turns are over. Interesting. Um, also of note, very important, the regular form of Diplin, the Syrup Bomb will be red, but if it's shiny, it will be golden yellow, as we mentioned before, which is very cool. So... Diplin was my, you know, starter partner Pokemon. I didn't use it too much because it was, it felt weak for some reason. You know, I should have used Eviolite, but uh, it was, it's, it's a very cool ability. I will say I could definitely see this doing something, especially now knowing now that it can live a little bit longer because of Eviolite. Oh, it doesn't live just a little bit longer. I was calculating it and it can live, um, some like booster energy moon blasts from Fluttermane before Terra, before Terra on either side. It can live. It can live facade from Ursaluna without any defense investment. It you just dump into HP. Whoa. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the dude can live stuff. <laughs> That's pretty nice with the uh, Eviolite that it has recovered too. Yeah, and it has pollen puff, so it can recover itself and it can oh recover its gosh. partner. And it can lay infestation down to lock mm-hmm. in something and do damage while it's doing its recovering. Yeah. So like I was using it as like a damage dealer, but this thing could definitely be much more of like a I'm gonna sit on the field and you're not gonna be able to, you know, kill me. So it's like it and it has the the grass immunity or the uh, spore immunity, which everyone always loves to see. The four times Weakness to ice is unfortunate because Chen Pao is still ever present. But if you have a way around that, 
such as, you know, 100% accurate heat waves or 100% accurate, you know, bleak wind storms or what have you. Your blood moon or Saluna's vacuum wave. Right. (laughs) That too. Maybe you're able to get around those icicle crashes. Um, I think the EV light does make a big difference here for sure. And it's so funny that they did this. They did this with Stantler too, right? Uh, like, yeah, where Stantler EV light worked before we had weird ear. Right. Even though we actually knew the evolution though, in this case, we don't know the evolution. So they kind of leaked mm-hmm. themselves. Right. <laughs> so that's, uh, it, uh, that's, that's very cool. Like, I'm glad that people figure that out because the only reason that we knew about that was because it was leaked that there was going to be a evolution in the future. And so people were like, oh, let's see if we can try Evulite. And then it worked. So it's uh, it's neat. I, I definitely suggest people going to catch Diplin um, and just trying it out because it's a very cool shiny. Um, oh, speaking of catching, I wanted to circle back to Blood Moon. John, what is your setup so people can catch the their ideal blood moon? Okay, so the problem that we have for blood moon, right, is that you have to fight it in a boss fight, and there's this cutscene before, cutscene after it, and it's really cumbersome to check the uh, the stats, right? So check this out: blood moons, uh, no good or zero IV speed value is seventy seven at level seventy. It if it has zero IV speed, it will be 77 speed. Now, Blood Moon is locked to be a hardy nature. So you don't have to worry about quiet nature, jolly nature, whatever. It is always going to be the same nature. So that, that thing, if you want it to be no good in the lowest speed possible, it needs to be 77. You can check this speed stat, and you can check for a low attack value by doing the following. Get yourself... An Arboliva with a zero speed IV, you can just like breed the breed it on there with like a ditto that has power anklet on it. Um, you don't you don't really care about the other stats, just a zero speed IV, level it up to 100 so that it's an Arboliva, make sure it has strength sap on it, and you can probably give it energy ball as well. The important part is that it's zero speed, quiet nature, or minus speed nature, and you give it 16 speed EVs exactly. Your Arboliva needs to be 78 speed so that when you go into the battle, if you click a move and you are moving after the Ursaluna, you can immediately reset. But if you move before the Ursaluna, you know you are either zero speed or one speed. And you can also check the uh, attack value for foul play stuff by getting some damage on there and clicking Strength Sap and seeing exactly how much damage uh, uh, or how much HP you healed back. Because the amount of HP you healed back is the exact attack stat at that point in time. Now be careful, because if you already used Strength Sap earlier in the battle, you might have to like modify for the damage for, for the minus attack stats that you already applied to it. But get your Arboliva, Zero Speed Ivy, Quiet Nature, level 100, Give it 16 speed EVs. And you can just spam A uh, right before the fight. So you have this little mini game that, that happens um, in, in a forest area. And then the NPC will ask you, hey, do you want to go fight the Blood Moon guy? And you say, no. Drop a save. Get your Arboliva. Then go into the fight. It takes about two minutes, three minutes per, per attempt. And I got mine 
reset in like five. I got my perfect Ursulina in like five resets. That's awesome. Thank you nice. so much. Because the because my initial fear was that the blood moon stats were set at the beginning of the quest of like taking the pictures, but that's not the case. So I am glad that you were able to not only find the save point, but also that's a very cool Arbeliva set that you were able to to come up with. So and we can put some of those instructions in the show notes for yeah. everybody so you can yeah. have that ready. For sure. Thank you, John. Um, okay, so that is the the new Pokemon that we that we saw that um, that came out, and there was um, a lot a lot in there. Uh, there were some additional TMs that were added, things such as Toxic and Grassy Glide, um, Lash Out, uh, Dual Wing Beat. So a lot of the Pokemon did get some get, did get some changes and some additional move sets. So we're not going to go through all of them because there was a ton, but we do have some here that we wanted just to touch on. So we'll sort of go through and just like pick up some of the ones that we think are most significant. Um, we also do want to make note of the fact that Shiftry lost Early Bird as one of its abilities and instead gained Wind Rider. We had mentioned Shift Tree before as something that could fit on a Sun Team. So now it's immune to Heat Wave. It's immune to Icy Wind. It has Fake Outs. So you can actually set Fake Out and Tailwind and then get the boost. This was a fantastic change for Shift Tree, and I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Empoleon no longer has Defiant. Instead, it has Competitive. So swapping out one stat boost for the other people were very happy about this because it got scald and hydro pump and flash cannon well it doesn't get scald so it's like what is the point because now it has liquidation and drill pack and it's like man i wish i had to find but it does now have competitive as its hidden ability um so looking at the moves, we'll sort of like pick some, we'll pick like, I don't know, three or four that we each think are pretty cool that we want to talk about. Um, I'll have you pick a couple here first, uh, Spicer. Okay. What am I going to pick? Um, dual wing beat is on Scizor and Scyther now, which uh, Scyther fans were mad about losing bug bite and dual wing beat for their technician and now they have both again so it can continue to be never used and return to its former glory um bramble gas getting poltergeist i think is huge now we don't have to rely on terra ghost to damage which you know we saw that it did make it to uh world's top cut Mm -hmm. so that just sounds like kind of better poltergeist does have a chance to miss and uh, then think uh, knockoff is pretty big on Roaring Moon, whereas almost every other mon that gets it, it's like a utility that you could choose. Mm-hmm. On Roaring Moon, it's just going to replace Throw Chop. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, be good. Yeah, um, take those three. Cool. What about you, John? What are what are three that stand out to you? I think we had mentioned Vacuum Wave on Ursaluna, Blood Moon specifically, but that's just that's another shout out that it gets that as a TM now. Um, Gravity is another one. So stuff like Sableye, which is a prankster gravity setter, 
Hatterene and Cresselia, which are trick room setters that can also learn gravity. Um, it, that's really nice because there's a lot of really powerful moves that are um, really useful but can miss. So, for example, you could do like Cresselia plus Enamorous Therian form, set gravity, and then now a Springtide Storm doesn't actually miss like it tends to all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then a final one that would probably be fun more than actually good is scale shot on a uh, Garchomp and Max Caliber. So now Max Caliber can be like, you know, loaded dice with Icicle Spear and Scale Shot, so it can increase its speed while attacking. Yeah. And then Garchomp has wanted Scale Shot <laughs> for so yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sword Stance Scale Shot is such a good set. Oh my gosh! And Scale Shot is what it hits two to five times and boosts mm-hmm. speed. It boosts speed. It lowers your defense. Lowers defense, yeah. Um, Shell smash but, attack. Yeah, but it's like you're boosting while attacking, which is nuts. Yeah, yeah. And it breaks sashes. Yeah. Um. Did Did somebody like? Did the guy who made like this DLC? He was just like, "I'm gonna go online on ladder today. Let's see what happens." Oh, this guy has an Alolan muck. That's so cool. I never see that. And a, and a Skull villain. What's he gonna do? I'm sure, this will be a fun battle. Then he got his hopes and dreams crushed by minimize moody shenanigans and wanted to delete Pokemon and rethink his whole life. You know, didn't want to be in charge of Pokemon DLC anymore. You know, it's just feel dirty. And then they're like, you know what? Let's change the world. Let's uh let's introduce a move that reduces evasion. Uh let's put gravity, let's just put gravity on everything. And um Let's let's give Ursa Luna just an attack that never misses, an ability so it never misses. Cause screw a lowland muck. I would I would love it if if these developers actually do play showdown. I think that'd be so funny. <laughs> yeah, they must, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Um some for me, uh Grassy Glide has been nerfed to 55 base power. We didn't talk about that. It used to be 70. And now it's down to 55. So it's still going to be good, especially on something like Rillaboom, which does get it because you're still getting the boost from both Stab and Grassy Terrain. But the 15 base power points is very significant. So just be, you know, don't think about it as the Rillaboom of old, you know, your grandfather's Rillaboom. This is not going to be that Grassy Glide. So it's going to be... you may maybe see a few more like choice bands or something like that. Um, Scald coming back is cool. It's you can we're going to be able to see it on some big things such as Slowbro, Sloking, and Milotic. I'm glad that Milotic did get it. It was shown in the trailer. It ended up being something that did come to fruition, which is nice. And I also think that Slowbro and Sloking really did miss it because they are fairly good trick room setters if you want to go that route. And they definitely need Scald, especially something like, you know, Slowbro, because then it can really get into that that super bulky defensive set because you're hopefully hoping for that burn as well as getting good stab. And my last one is probably going to be... I know we already talked about Knockoff, but I think Knockoff on Azumarill is really cool. It's just, it's really good coverage for it, which is nice. Um, also, uh, just, sorry, just as a bonus one, that's really more important. Lash out on Chen Pao is great because those intimidates. If you can actually 
predict them and then click lash out into the slot, you are going to be doing some very good damage as opposed to just, you know, eating that minus one and just having to deal with it. So I think there's some definitely some good stuff there. I'm sure there's going to be a larger breakdown that is done either by us or by others in the future. So be on the lookout for that. But I do like a lot of these changes. Expanding force did not come back. Rising voltage did not come back. So, you know, expanding force on NDD isn't there, but they did give it trick room by TM now. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe like maybe you'll have, you'll be able to uh you don't have to, you know, look for that specific raid to be able to find it. But, um yeah, I for one I'm glad expanding force is not everywhere. And I'm glad that bundle didn't get scald. Yeah, I I, 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 I know I wanted it before, but John, you're right. Tears. No, uh, <laughs> no other ice water type has scald, so it it makes sense, and it shouldn't have got it. So you're right. Yeah, that's it. That's its built-in nerf. <laughs> um, but cool. Thank you, guys. That is going to be the podcast because this was a long episode with a lot of good stuff. I am very excited for what the Teal Mask is going to bring for the competitive landscape. And I think there's some some good stuff here. We'll see what this uh, these next few weeks entail before Regulation E really gets going in October. And uh, we'll see what Peoria is going to have for you, John. Or rather, what you're going to have for it. But uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate you coming yeah. on and spending time. I'm coming. Oh, you're sorry. going to pay I'm too? Sacktown. Sacramento. Oh. I will be inside of you. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank you, guys, for coming on. We will say our goodbyes. Spicer? Our goodbyes. <laughs> and John? Peace, love, and matcha. And to everyone else out there who has stuck with us for this long, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed. Have a great rest of your day or your evening or your morning or whatever. Class dismissed. Peace, love, and matcha. I love that.